You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the It's Always Draft Season podcast, part of the Packernet Podcast Network. Jake Shavink here, guys, with you again on this lovely Friday in the fall. And I know there's been a lot of discourse uh, among Packers Twitter. It's all around the social media sphere this week after a third straight loss. It's understandable, right? Like, this is not the team that everybody imagined we'd see this year again. And I know... There was a lot of questions about, you know, when this team would regress. And a lot of people thought it was going to be after the 19 season. 2020, they played even better ball. 2021, again. So, three 13-win seasons, it's hard to keep replicating those. So, eventually, you know, either what was going to happen is, again, teams are adjusting. You know, we're living in the too high world that we're living in right now, uh, facing defenses. But eventually, there was going to be something that kind of brought the Packers back down a little bit uh, from 13 win seasons over and over and over again. Didn't think it would be uh, to this degree, losing to the Giants, Jets, and Commanders. But here we are, and we'll see. Maybe, maybe uh, there's a you know, if I were, if I were a betting man this week, though, I think there's there's something that might find out this week. I think they might find a little something something this week potentially I it could it, I have a feeling it's going to at the very least remind us of the Washington game back in 2016 where Rogers said you know we found a lot of we found some good things and, and the offense looked better he thought they were finding a rhythm offensively and they went on to win six straight now I'm not saying the Packers are going to lose get to three and five and then say we're going to rattle off you know, nine more of these things in a row to get 12 and five per se. But I do think they can make the turnaround and make the playoffs. The NFC is not very good. Tampa Bay just lost again tonight for their third straight loss. Like they're three and five, right? The, the NFC South, they're getting one team in for sure. One, there is no way they're getting multiple teams in the playoffs. NFC West and then maybe, maybe two, you know, maybe two. And the Rams or Niners are going to be sitting out. Seattle might be a playoff team. And then, 
you know, you have the East who has a lot of good teams in it. But I think the Packers are okay. You know, I there's Rodgers needs to play better. Rodgers is not playing well. Receivers are not playing well. Uh, it, it, it's a it's a collective effort, and we'll see what they do uh, going forward. But I do think, um, you know, for those betting out there, 10.5 might not be a bad idea uh, to take, uh, especially on Sunday night. I have a feeling it's going to come down to the wire. I do think Rodgers will play well. I do think it's going to be a grind, though. I think Rashawn Gary playing is huge. Uh, if he plays, I think the Packers have a chance, and that's that's probably maybe a little bit too optimistic, even though it's coming from a pretty pessimistic fan. Uh, but anyway, this is a draft show. Let's let's get on into it. So basically, this week I thought, you know what? Let's get questions for everybody because I think it's going to be a week where everybody's like, all right, well, we stink now. Let's 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 suck for a pick or something like that, or, or you know, turn towards the draft a little bit earlier than we thought, and that's unfortunate that we're here. It's not the end of October just yet. And we're talking about the draft already. And I know if, if you listen to this this show, we've been talking about the draft, you know, since this show started back in back in early April. Um, and we've been talking about it all the way through. So not in a, not in a Packers sense as much, other than watch these guys, you know, every week. So we get to get some questions. There were Twitter questions. I we sent some out on Twitter. Uh, I put something out on Facebook, and then we got some questions from Patreon as well. So we're going to go Twitter and Facebook first, uh, and then we'll get to the Patreon questions after that. So first on Twitter, uh, David Davis asked about looking at the draft from both scenarios, Rodgers versus no Rodgers next year. And, And that's it's not an easy thing to do because, you know, we, we don't know which direction it's going to be, but I, I don't think it personally that the, uh, the approach should be all that different in this coming draft. Uh, I do think that the Packers, depending on where they're at, maybe they're interested in quarterback and there are a lot of quarterback questions and we're going to get to those, but I don't, I don't, they could be interested in it, but I don't think they will be. Uh, if Rogers, you know, leaves, retires, I I do think they're going to see what they got in Jordan love full start, full season of starting. That is something I do think that Brian Gutekunst and then ownership and Matt LaFleur, they're going to want to see, because I do think that LaFleur and, and Goody kind of handpicked this guy at the end of the first round, you know, let's move up for him. This is a quarterback that we kind of, that we like. Got a bunch of tools, got a bunch of arm talent. Let's see what we can do with him, you know, working through these progressions, getting, you know, into the mindset of this offense that he's been kind of learning uh, through three seasons. And how 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 can he operate in this offense? Can he run it well? You know, can he get to the reads that we want him to get to, right? He's a good athlete, and, he, and he's, he's made some unbelievable throws in college. You know, got to cut down on the decision-making errors and the turnovers, but... You know, there was a lot of talent there. That's why he went in the first. So I do think we will see uh, them stick with him probably uh, for next year. So I don't think the draft ultimately changes that much if Rodgers goes or stays, the draft being the 2023 NFL draft. I know there's a question that kind of even goes further than that. We'll get to it at the end. But I, do, I don't know that, like, oh, anything changes necessarily if Rodgers walks, right, and he leaves. I think they have decisions to make along the offensive line. I think offensive line becomes a priority. I think tackle will be anyway. I think safety becomes a priority as well. Uh, and I, I, I don't think the Packers have a wide receiver one on their roster. I don't. 
Um, I think there are some talented players there. Uh, maybe we'll get a look at Samori Toure this week a little bit more. Uh, but uh, again, Watson, Dobbs, like they're all really nice bucket complimentary players. Uh, we know Watson has the ceiling, but ultimately I just don't know. It, it's going to take a while for me to go, okay, this guy's a great you know leverage attacker. This guy's really good at gearing down and, and finding space and zone coverage. This guy's really, really good catching the football we're winning in contested spots with the six four frame that he has like this we we hope that that's what's going to happen but in reality could he just be the deep threat that you know we kind of hold our breath we kind of toss the coin up uh in the air when the ball's in the air going his weight on the field and then he gets some jet sweep touches he's a speed guy he's gonna kind of be eye candy for motion for defenders that's fine and, and romeo dobbs is kind of this this chain moving type you know he's he's done well with the screen game you know he's he's added something after the catch a little bit but the a dot's still low he's not you know we don't see him winning a ton deep a ton on intermediates he's done it he did it against Tampa a little bit uh he's got that back shoulder touchdown against the Patriots but like is that a wide receiver one will Lazard stay you know do they believe in Amari Rogers right like there's a lot of questions there still so I I still think they need a, a wide receiver one uh, and like I said, I do think safety, tackle, and I, I think tight end also needs to be addressed. I think Robert Tunyon's been interesting. I, I think he's a, a really nice player to have in your building, but there are some really talented tight ends uh, that I'd be looking at in the next couple drafts for sure. So I, from both scenarios, a Roger versus no Rogers, at least for the 2023 NFL draft, I don't think there's a whole lot that really changes per se. Um Okay, next one up, uh, Donnie uh, asks, you know, can you imagine if Jordan Love takes over next year and we draft a wide receiver in the first round? That'd be funny, no doubt about it, but real talk, wide receiver or offensive line? Um, so this is a fun question because of how things look position-wise next draft, I will say. I think I'm a little less impressed the last as, as we've kind of gone through these last few drafts the the I've been a little less impressed less impressed as we've gone through at the receiver position uh 2021 really really liked the receiver position 2022 I liked it still it was was good 2023 I'm not as thrilled at the moment uh with the class as a whole I think just just because you know when you look at you know coming into the the fall uh, we talked about this on one of the you know preview shows for the for this before the college football season started. Talked about you know Jackson Smith and Jigba, Kayshawn Butte, you know Quentin Johnston and Jordan Addison. Like those are probably still the top four. Maybe you're throwing in somebody like Rasheed Rice from SMU. Uh, Josh Downs certainly has fans. At Perry has fans, but there are a lot of number twos I think in this class. And Butte has me concerned a little bit because of his increased slot usage that could be obviously to help out Jaden Daniels who has struggled. Uh, he's definitely produced from the slot. He had a five catch hundred plus yard game against Florida recently, but him playing in the slot makes me uneasy. Uh, you know, there's not, I, I feel like there's been some explosiveness sapped from him. I don't know. He just doesn't look like quite the same player he did last year. Um, we'll see how that continues uh, for him be important to watch LSU games down the stretch to see how he does. Uh, 
Jordan Addison, again, he's, I think, like, he's like 5'11", 175. So you're, if you're drafting him in the first round, if you're drafting Jordan Addison in the first round, you have to be hoping that, A, this is pretty much a, you know, Stefan Diggs, Olave, Wilson type. It has to be. Has to be. Right? Like, he's 5'11", 175. He's still, he's still got less bulk to him than Garrett Wilson did. Right, who was like I think above 180. It was like 183. Right, so you're if you're drafting him in the first, you better hope he's like Stephon Diggs. Basically, that's that's the archetype that you need to play with there. And he had a lot of slot snaps with Pitt last year. Again, he's moved to the outside, and I'm charting him as I'm as as I'm getting more film in. But against Stanford and Rice, he played a lot more on the outside, and that's definitely intriguing. He's a strong route runner. He's strong after the catch. He's got adequate to maybe a little bit above average speed as a player and I think he expands the radius pretty well. I think he's in the mold of a you know perhaps a little bit better separator than Jahan Dotson was. And but I, I still don't know if I'd be comfortable with that in the first. Jackson Smith and Jigba, same thing. Like six one two hundred, maybe, maybe he's that. I'm guessing he he's probably just over six foot and then two hundred. He's played pretty much exclusively in the slot. He hasn't played a lot this year. He's been hurt. He got hurt again in the Iowa game. Who knows if he shuts it down for the season? We haven't seen barely anything with him uh, in, in 2022. He does not have the speed that some of these other guys have. He is he is a very strong route runner, though. Good catch point winner. Great feel vision and feel after the catch. That's that's very clear. He can win in all three phases, uh, but he's not overly explosive. And that's where you get, you know, if you want to draft a Keenan Allen, I think a lot of people would like that. I think he can be that. Maybe that's good enough for you. Um and maybe that's you know just as good as maybe better than Garrett, somebody like Garrett Wilson. It's very possible. I, I'm not giving up on Smith and Jigba just because he's been hurt. Uh, but seeing him not in the slot was something we wanted to see from him this year. If we don't get that at all, well, we'll see how he handles it. And but if he's just a slot player, at the next level, first round, no. That brings Quentin Johnson. Uh, who's, you know, 6'4", 194, 193 pounds. Like, he's a little bit leaner for his size, but has the explosiveness. Everything's a vertical route with him. And what I mean by that is when he's off his release and when he's got space, he's going to sell to you, I'm going vertical, and that's going to open up everything underneath for him. And I love how he positions his feet uh, before defenders arrive, before the ball arrives to set himself well up uh, for post-catch maneuvers. And that's, you know, whether it be making defenders miss, whether it be exploding out of a kind of a... He, he can jump into a reception at times to kind of slow himself down, decelerate, plant, explode out of that plant foot, and he's gone. He has the speed. He's explosive. He can win the catch point. He might be wide receiver one. And I, right now, I feel like he kind of is for me. But now, so having said that, I think Quentin Johnson's your probably true wide receiver one in the class. Smith and Jigba, Boutte, Addison, Downs, Perry, Rice, like all these guys are nice players. Zay Flowers, a really nice player at Boston College. I like him. Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. All these guys are really nice complementary pieces. Hutchinson, maybe a little bit better version of, of Dobbs in what you have now of the true route running type. You know, he's going to be more of that Adams type of player, uh, but does have a couple drop issues and key moments this year. So there's a lot of twos in this class. So if I'm being honest, if we're going like first round, 
I think there's enough tackle depth right now, having looked at, you know, a lot of these guys so far. You know, you look at the top guys, Paris Johnson, Olufashanu from Penn State, who's, you know, not 20. He'll be 20 uh, in December. He is not 20 yet, but draft eligible. Um, him, Jalen Duncan, Blake Freeland have all been really, really good. I like Matthew Bergeron a lot from Syracuse. Uh, that is somebody who I put in a mock draft, actually, on NFLmocks.com earlier this week. Like him a lot. I, I, Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. There's a lot of guys. Uh, where you look at and you go, okay, this tackle group's starting to look nicer in the second round. Should you operate this way? Not necessarily. Uh, you can't guarantee anything. You know, oh, Broderick Jones is another one from Georgia. He is uh, just a redshirt sophomore. But the, the tackle group looks good on the second day. The value is there. And if you need to package your third to move up, fine. The third round pick has not been good for, for Green Bay uh, recently. But I think if I were to able to guarantee somebody in that second tier of offensive tackles, with including getting Quentin Johnston, if you can go Quentin Johnston and Matthew Bergeron, I would rather do that than going Olufushanu and then getting somebody in the second round at receiver. Maybe he fills a bucket like a Josh Downs that the Packers don't have. That's fine. I'm not going to be upset if we go that route, but I'd rather have Johnston and Bergeron than Fashanu Downs potentially. By a, by a by a hair, so that's the thoughts in between those two. Um, a little bit of a longer winded answer. Um, Mike P asks, and there's going to be a lot of quarterback questions. I know nobody wants to hear them necessarily, but uh, Mike P asks if the, is there a QB worth drafting, assuming the top couple are gone and Green Bay is drafting from around the seventh pick range. Uh, they could they could be uh, after this week if they lose and everything goes the way of. The when I say goes their way in terms of draft position, they could pick about ninth uh, after this week, right? With you know nine weeks to go in their season, so or ten weeks, nine games to go in their season. But is there a QB worth drafting? That's that's a loaded question, no doubt about it. Uh, there's a lot of evaluation that still has to take place right now. Uh, with it, assuming Stroud and Young are both gone, which I think they both will be. I'm not the biggest Will Levis fan. I, I think there are tools there. I think he generates plenty of velocity with his arm. He can he's a play action type guy. He doesn't afraid to take take the checkdowns. He he can throw into tight windows. He's got a lot of tools. Decision making, footwork, uh and, and again, bad turnovers. Very similar sounding player to Jordan Love. So are you going to take another Jordan Love and ha see who who pans out? I guess you can do that. Um, I don't know if I draft Levis in the top ten. Now, me saying that is a weird thing, right? Because if you have any belief that this dude's the guy, you should be drafting him top ten. But I don't know. I'm not the biggest believer in Levis at the moment. I'll just say that. Um, so I'd much rather, if you're in that 7, 8, 9 range and somebody like Brian Brzee is still available, a defensive tackle, I know that's maybe not necessarily what the Packers would want. I would rather probably go that direction. Dude just lives in the backfield. Him and Kenny Clark with, with Devontae Wyatt rotating in. Or you maybe go the route of, like, if Miles Murphy's there, this is a big, strong, long, heavy-handed rusher. Fits their mold, no doubt about it. Like him and Gary would be unbelievable. Go that route, that's fine. 
but I I think I don't think I would draft a quarterback personally. Uh, I think there are plenty of other spots to go. If Paris Johnson is still there, has made the transition to left tackle from right guard, looks like the recruit he was billed to be. He's been fantastic for the Buckeyes at left tackle. If you want to get a good look at him, watch Ohio State, Penn State. You can get a look at Paris Johnson and Olu Fushano. I was going to save that for the end to watch some guys this week, but I'll give you that right now. I would watch that those two. That matchup is going to be insanely good uh, between Ohio State and Penn State anyway, so you might as well uh, just pencil that in. Watch the in my opinion, the top two tackles uh, in the 2023 NFL draft, assuming both declare. Johnson probably will. Fashanu may be on the fence. But that's what I, I would say. Um, I would rather go the trenches route or potentially receiver Quentin Johnston than I would going the route of a quarterback in this class if I'm not high enough. Um, so let's see. Uh, what else? There's a couple others. Uh, Christopher Carlecki had a couple questions. I answered one of them. He said, if we lose to Buffalo and the other expected outcomes occur, where could this team up in the draft order come Monday of next week, which would be this coming week, Halloween. I said, you can get to ninth. That's where they can get to this week. If they lose, they would be a ninth, the ninth position that again, tackle defensive line. That's, that's where you're looking sweet spot. Maybe Quentin Johnston out of TCU as well. Uh, he also asked how many quarterbacks are actually viable first or early second round guys by general consensus. Well, he mentioned the guys that, that really it is at this point. It's, it's, it's CJ Stroud, Ohio state. It's Bryce young, Alabama. It's Hendon hooker, Tennessee, and it's Will Levis from Kentucky. It's those four right now. Now the, the wild card in all of this, I don't think Jaron Hall from BYU is a first round guy. I don't, I think he is. You're looking at a day two player with, you know, he just doesn't have some of the upside. He is the the a smaller guy, good anticipatory player, you know, good accuracy. This is your, oh, this is your better armed Gardner Minshew. I, I feel like I should be coming up with a better a better name than that. But this feels like maybe a fringe we're looking at. Maybe you could start at some point. Uh, he will be 25 before the draft even begins, by the way, uh, at the QB position. I'm not liking that as a fifth-year senior in the first round, personally. Same with Hendon Hooker, by the way. Hendon Hooker is 25 in January uh, as a sixth-year senior. I don't think I'm taking a chance on that. I, I truly think, you know, if you're looking at this, Hendon Hooker might be a first-round pick. I don't think he is just yet. I do think Levis 100% is. Uh, he's got the tools. He has more tools than Hooker or Jaron Hall or Devin Leary out of NC State. Like, he's got better tools than all of those guys. He's also, though, a fifth-year senior, but he's not 24 until June. So he is still a little bit younger than the rest of them. So again, I think the, but the wild card is I almost didn't get to it is Anthony Richardson from Florida junior six, four, two forty. You know, he's, he's not 22 just yet. He's in his, his, I believe his third year of, of college. Uh, but he's the wild card. This is the Uber athlete, you know, really good runner at the position, powerful runner, 
plenty of speed to boot, uh, can scramble a little bit around, can make plays out of structure, has a just a wildly good arm, maybe the best arm in the class, uh, honestly. Like he he threw a touchdown against, uh, I believe it was LSU. Just flick of the wrist, 55 yards, no problem, deep shot play. Like it was easy for him. He's the if you watch if you see his charts, there's a lot of avoiding throwing to his left. There are some really bad decision making things, but the NFL likes the tools. So is this your end of first round, early second round guy? Yeah, potentially. This is the tools guy. This is Jordan Love. This is you know a. Uh, uh, Jordan Love in more of a Cam Newton type of body or a, uh, yeah, that's probably the best one I have for that, I think. A Cam Newton type, a bo- Cam Newton body type with Jordan Love tools. So, again, that's that's intriguing, but I said decision-making, not so good. So, Christopher, those are the five guys I think I would throw Richardson in there. I know people are high on Cam Ward out of Washington State. I don't know. I think he needs a year. Uh, he's still, he's, he's just a junior. You know, he's he's 20. He's he's at the FBS level for the first time at Washington State. You can see the arm talents there. I there's a lot of disconnect with arm talent and footwork. He is kind of just flying by the seat of his pants a little bit out there. So I, I would re- I honestly, if I were like on that NFL draft recommendation like committee thing, you know, that hands out grades, I would probably tell him to go back. But I, I do like what I see out of him, though. I, I But I would still tell him to go back just because I think there's some fine-tuning uh, with mechanics and whatnot. But those are the five. Stroud, Young, Levis, Hooker, and Richardson. Uh, so there you go. Uh, those are the five guys. I believe that's it. Yeah, that's it for the Twitter questions. I got one question on Facebook. It was a good one. I liked it. Uh, from Garrett. Uh, I will be posting on Facebook. Um, so if you have draft questions, you can always drop them there. I am there. Uh, you don't even have to tag me. I'll kind of just check the, the, the feed and see if there's any like that. But Garrett asked, uh, if you had to make a, a draft priority rankings, uh, positionally from these seven positions, what would you go? Uh, he had, um, so on the list, tackle guard receiver, tight end, defensive end, safety, and special teams. Okay. So for me, number one, positional draft priority. Uh, Not knowing, like I said, we had the question of wide receiver or line. If I knew what, what I could get at each position, I would lean receiver first, then offensive line. However, you can't guarantee that. So I get to backtrack on myself here. Mid-show, uh, and tell you that I would probably have tackle first. Zach Tom looked good against Washington. He's still got to put some performances together for me to guarantee he's a long-term piece of tackle. Even worse, even if he is, that still doesn't guarantee anything. What if the Packers move on from Bakhtiari in the offseason, right? Yash Nyman is a free agent after this season, so there's two down right there. Seems like Sean Ryan's an interior player to the Packers. Okay, so he's an interior guy. Who's left? Caleb Jones? I don't like that. Need another guy. So I if I, I would put tackle high on the priority list. Same thing. So Darnell Savage, they picked up the fifth year. He'll be back next year. Adrian Amos, no guarantee. Safety for me is second. 
Uh, there are some very intriguing players on day two. I would not force at the position on day one. If you want uh, a group of safeties, um, if you want me to do a show on that and just talk about some of the top safety prospects and go through them, I will gladly do that. Uh, but I'll highlight some of these positions at the end of the show when we do the prospects for Packers uh, like we do every week. But receiver third, I got defensive end fourth because I do think if, as long as Preston, Gary, and and, 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 and not, wow, J.J. Enagbare, um, Enigbare, we, I, we've heard it both ways. Um, but if those three are in place, I, I like that to be fourth. I don't think you have to really force the issue at the position necessarily. I think you could go late day two, early day three at the position and feel pretty good about your room there. I got tight end fifth. I, w- I really want it to be higher. I do. Michael Mayer be fun. Dalton Kincaid, Darnell Washington. Like there are some really talented tight ends in this draft, but I'm going to keep it at fifth at five, sixth. I'm going to go guard. Like I said, I think there are, there are, potentially options you could go that direction guard in this draft it's there it's going to be rare to have round one guards like Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson made sense those guys were round one type of players they should go there um I know the nerds will not agree don't take guards in the first yada 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 Elijah Bear Tucker's been excellent before he got hurt for the season he was a guard uh primarily um but kicked out to both tackle spots and played really, really well. So he's just a good player. You should draft good players. Uh, so those two didn't mind it. Cole Strange was a little early, but it's working out great. I would still say for this draft class, the sweet spot for guard is is later. Um, and then seventh would be special teams. Special teams is a day three thing. Find you know players who either have played a lot of snaps there um, in, in addition to defense or offense. Um, look for guys who are, are playing their butt off on special teams. Those are type of guys you can add on day three. Say you like a safety or a corner and you're like, all right, we can, or a linebacker, you put them on special teams and you've seen them just dominate out there. Great. Perfect. You got a special teamer. You don't need to force that issue earlier than that. Uh, so those are it for Twitter and Facebook. We're going to take a short break here and we'll come back with the Patreon questions and prospects for Packers. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So us cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. 
Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, you're back on it's always draft season podcasts. So Patreon questions. Uh, I asked Ryan to send um, some out in Patreon to see if anybody had questions about the draft. We got four of them. Uh, and yeah, let's just roll on through these and continue going. Uh, and then we'll do prospect for Packers right after that. Jonas Gable asks if Roger stays, what are our priorities? Uh, if Rodgers leaves, what are our priorities? And then the third question, what from the Packers' perspective, what is our best strategy for landing a serviceable quarterback within the next three years? Okay, awesome. Very nice question. So this is kind of similar as the one on Twitter, uh, but if Rodgers stays, what are our priorities? I, I think the priorities are the top three, are tackle, receiver, and safety. I think you need to find a way to make those three the first three picks the Packers make uh, in April, period. Uh, like I said, I mentioned a lot of guys at tackle. I think there are plenty that they could choose from. Olu has been an unbelievably good pass protector for Penn State. Love what I've seen there. Like I said, Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse should be getting a ton more love. He's been good in both phases. He had some really good reps against Miles Murphy, who's probably going to be a top 10 pick out of Clemson uh, as a defensive end, edge rusher, whatever you want to call him. So I, I think tackle makes a lot of sense. Like I said, safety. Uh, Antonio Johnson's got a lot of love from Texas A&M because he's a big, strong, fast player. I like Brian Branch more from Alabama. He plays a lot of star, but he, he is good ball skills. Uh, probably the highest football IQ that I've seen on, on Bama's defense, especially in the secondary. And I think he can play a lot of positions for you. So I like him a lot. JL Skinner from uh, Boise State. We've mentioned him plenty on this podcast as a guy who's a bigger, you know, in that Kyle Hamilton body type. Sorry, had to take a sip um, but of sweet tea. Um, but he's in that mold. He runs the alley well. I think he can play deep half, like I mentioned. But again, he can drop down in short zones, robber, and play the run. It's a pretty versatile safety. So those are guys I like. Chris Smith, we talked about him on the on the podcast before from Georgia. Hard hitting, you know, quick trigger, good downhill closer. Like 
there are plenty of safeties. Uh, Jay Ward from LSU has looked really, really good as well. So there are some safeties, and I think day two is the spot to address it for sure. Uh, like I said, I mentioned the tackles, and like I said, Quentin Johnston is obviously, I think, wide receiver one right now. Um, like I said, Josh Downs is a really electric playmaker. He's actually played in the slot less uh, than Butte has. And remember, Butte is listed, uh, if this can come up here, at six foot 205. Right? Pretty pretty good size uh, for a potential X receiver, right? Josh Downs is 5'10", 171, very small receiver. He's played more on the outside, and he's got a really good grade against man coverage, single coverage. Uh, twitch, acceleration, he's out of his mind. He's really good uh, from North Carolina. Like I said, I, th- I think uh, Xavier Hutchinson's a really nice player out of Iowa State. Um, I know people are going to like Jalen Hyatt at six foot 185. He's obviously going crazy the last couple weeks for Tennessee. Good deep threat. I'm diving into him uh, probably tomorrow uh, in, in depth. I've got a couple games of his from this year, so I'm going to take a look at both. And unfortunately, it's not the Bama game, but I'll be taking a look at both of them just to see what I see from him. But uh, from the live viewings, it's he's the deep threat type of player. Uh, Roma Dunze, I've mentioned his name before, 6'3", 201. He's a redshirt sophomore. Been really, really productive at Washington. Uh, a good three-phase type of player. Will he declare? I don't know. Uh, and that leaves the final guy that I like as well, Dontavian Wicks, 6'2", 202. Great yak threat, great deep threat. And has pretty good arm length for uh, a, a receiver. Not quite the arm length of like A.T. Perry from Wake Forest, who's 6'4", 203, almost 35-inch arms. But Wicks gives you plenty of, of catch radius to work with as well. But a lot of twitch in his release after the catch, and he can win down the field. So those are some guys at receiver. But I do think tackle, safety, receiver, uh, if Rodgers stays. Um, going into if Rodgers leaves, I don't think that changes one bit, to be perfectly honest. At least in the 2023 NFL Draft. Like I said, I, with Nyman and Bakhtiari, just a lot of unknowns at tackle, a lot of unknowns at safety, and I think wide receiver still needs one or two more playmakers at the position to fill the buckets unless we get something out of Samore Toure. Then one bucket gets a little – I think it, one bucket is good and you could address it early if you want and not again throughout the draft. So those are the three. Like I said, tight end later would be good as well. But I, if Rodgers leaves, it's same thing. It's it's build around love, build up the defense, continue to do both of, both things, right? Give Love the best chance he has in 2023 and make sure that defense is reloaded. Uh, but as to the last one, from the Packers' perspective, what's the best strategy for landing a serviceable QB in the next three years? I think if Jordan Love starts in 23 um, and you be patient with the floor, you be patient with Goody, things don't go well, you get yourself into position where you land one of Caleb Williams, USC, Quinn Ewers, Texas, or Drake May from North Carolina. Those are the top three guys in 24. I would make a pretty strong push to get any one of them. So that's where I think the best avenue is 2024. 2025 is a great question. That's that's freshman QBs. Uh I'm not going to pretend that I'm in that space very much. I'll be honest. Uh, 
Uh, I do know one name, though. Uh, Penn State's Drew Aller. I know that. I know he is a freshman with plenty of hype surrounding him. So that's 2025. But I do think 2024 is going to give you that opportunity if Rodgers leaves. Because I'm not sure the team's going to be very good necessarily with Love running the show. If it's better than that and he's the guy, then you don't... Serviceable QB is taken care of. But if it isn't, I lean 2024. Okay, next. Craig Andrews asks... How high would we take a safety given the uncertainty of Amos and Savage? That's again, it's a great question. I think if the Packers somehow, hypothetically, ended up picking in the mid to late 20s, I think you could see them take a safety in the first round because I do think the boards shrink of first round talent after about 20 to 23 picks. That's just how it goes. Then it's kind of like between 20 and 70, you're like, all right, just take the guy we want. We know the Packers have taken safety in the first round before. Goody has done that. Darnell Savage. So I w- it wouldn't shock me. I'm just trying to find out who that player is that they would take. Antonio Johnson's probably going to be the favorite of a lot of guys just because, again, size, speed. You know, he's looked good ever since he was a freshman. Like, that's that's probably the guy. But like I said, I like guys like Jay Ward from LSU. I like Damani Richardson as well from Texas A&M. I like Christopher Smith from Georgia. I like JL Skinner, Brian Branch, two guys I've mentioned. Jordan Battle's pretty good too. But I, I think Jordan Battle, for me, I don't know why he came back to school. That was strange to me, which makes me want to lean Branch and Skinner. But I don't know... It, maybe maybe you take that in the mid to late 20s maybe you take Skinner or Branch like I could I could I could be on board with that but I I do think they will have a plan in the first three rounds to make sure they leave with one so I I do think how high could they take it like I said if you're in the first round in the mid to late 20s you're probably going to take it if you feel confident in that player at safety over a tackle um, or maybe defensive end if the Green Bay goes that route. They, they stay very premium with their positions in the first round. Unless they've had two picks, right? Unless they've had two picks, then it's like, okay, we'll go safety, we'll defensive tackle, right? Otherwise, it's been, at least in Goody's tenure to this point, Gary, Love, right? Stokes, and... Um, um, I guess Quay Walker was a little bit of a deviation as well. So Goody deviated this first this last first round. Uh so that's it's different. Oh, oh, Goody also took Alexander, right? Corner. So it's been corner, pass rusher, quarterback for the most part. Those are what it that's premium. So safety wouldn't be premium, but I I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out. I think that's how high they could go. Roger Davis asked, what pe- what picks did the Pack give up for Adams? Oh, what picks did the Pack pick up for Adams in that trade? So they got 22 and 53 from the Raiders uh, back from that trade. Those were both picks in the 2022 NFL draft, not this coming one. They obviously used 22 on Quay Walker. They used 53 as part of a package to move up for Christian Watson. So nothing else from the Raiders, unfortunately. Um... 
then the last Patreon question before we go to prospects for Packers is Aaron Miller asks, all I care about at the moment is offensive line, defensive line, more the offensive line. Totally agree. Get it. I understand that. I think the defensive line has guys that can step up. Wyatt and Enigbare. Enigbare. Gosh, dang it. I, I never know which one because now I've heard both. Oh, goodness. But I, I do think those two provide a lot of upside for you still. So I, I get being a little more content with that. Um, offensive line, yeah. They're... I, 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 I still am, am definitely in that evaluation process here with, uh, with Josh Myers. I am, I I think he's, he's shown that he can be that guy, but there are times where there are just some rough games. So I'm, I'm, I'm monitoring centers. I'm just going to say I'm monitoring centers and there is a junior at center who I think would be very nice fit. I think his run game angles are very good. I think he's a really all around good player. Uh, and like I said, he's young, he's 21. Uh, he actually, no, he just turned 22 about five days ago. Uh, Cedric Van Pran from Georgia. Then there's the option of, of John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota. He's a sixth year senior. He's going to be 24 in March. But he's he's very much the zone center type that the Packers would look at. So maybe center. As to guard, if we want to add more at guard, uh, plenty of guys, plenty of guys down the way. Um, I think, you know, where do I want to go first here? Thinking about it, thinking about it. I'll start with with uh, Andrew Voorhees. 66328 but he is he is going to be 24 by draft day but this is a guy probably later uh, in the draft anyway but has really good footwork really good athleticism from when I studied him in the summer want to want to circle back to him but USC seems to find themselves in that Pac-12 network every time which I can't get uh but yeah the power profile was something where that was a little concerning for sure Ladarius Henderson, though, from Arizona State is a good name to watch for at guard. He turns 21 in December, so still a younger prospect, uh, but has um, experience at tackle. Started left tackle in 2019 as a freshman, uh, has played left tackle even more than that um, beyond a freshman season, but he's kicked inside to guard now. He's got the length, the power, everything. He, he's still got the good footwork. Like, this is a really good guard that I think I actually put him in my Packers mock from this week as well because I do think there's a lot of talent there, um, even moving inside. Cooper Beebe would be a really fun one uh, as a senior, 6'4", 322. He's played tackle as well. That fits kind of their mold, right? Like, tackles moving inside. If Peter Skaronsky, who I didn't mention as, as tackles yet, if they view him as a guard... Maybe, again, in that 25 to 28 range, if he falls that far, if teams don't believe in him as a tackle because of his arm length, now we're now we're interested, right? Uh, he's a junior, obviously, and he's been really, really good, though. I don't know why you wouldn't try him out at tackle, but just throwing out options there uh, on the offensive line. And you know I've mentioned tackle to this point. We've gone over it a ton. Paris Johnson, Olufashanu, Blake Freeland, who, again, at 6'8", 307, you worry about maybe – Losing leverage to these guys, not being the low man, but I think he's improved a lot as a pass protector. I think he's in first round conversation. 
Jalen Duncan, great mover, great footwork, space blocker. This is the guy who's going to be, you know, leading the charge a lot on these outside runs, on the screens. Like, this is the guy you want in space, making plays, but he's good as a pass protector as well. Perfect, right? Matthew Bergeron, same thing. Really like what he does as a run blocker. Angles are good. Footwork's good. Athleticism, very nice. And has continued to get better and better as a pass protector. Broderick Jones from Georgia. Only started three games of tackle last year. Has done so this year and looked very, very good. They run a lot of power. They pull him a lot. He looks very comfortable doing so. So there's a lot of guys. Like I said, I mentioned Anton Harrison as well. Like there's so many tackles that could potentially be in that first round conversation that the Packers are going to be, I think, really well set up, especially if they move back to acquire more picks in the 20s. You know, if they have a higher pick, if they're in the teens and they want to move back, they're going to have that option, I think, and gives them an opportunity to reload the offensive line if they want to. So good questions from Aaron, from Roger, from Craig, from Jonas. Thank you guys on Patreon. And I said thank you guys on Twitter and Facebook as well for all the questions. Happy to answer every single one of them as it pertains to the draft. That's what we're here for. Uh, and we're here for it year-round. So before this show concludes, let's dive in. And I, I'm going to repeat so many names. I'm sorry. Um, but players I think you should be watching this weekend. Uh, like I said, Ohio State plays Penn State. Perfect time. Watch the top two tackles uh, in the draft, in my opinion, in Paris Johnson and Olu who Both will be playing uh, 11 a.m. Central Time on Fox. Great. 11 a.m. If you want to stay in that 11 a.m. window, if you want to choose a window to watch some draft prospects, great window to choose. TCU, Quentin Johnston, 11 a.m. ESPN, they play West Virginia. Notre Dame plays Syracuse, ABC, same time. Matthew Bergeron, as I mentioned before. Uh, if you want to watch some of the, the edge rushers, you know, Zach Harrison from Ohio State, plenty of athleticism. He went back for another year to kind of refine the technique. He's looked really, really good. Isaiah Foskey. Notre Dame, he's going to go up against Bergeron potentially for a majority of the game. Great time to watch him, right? So the, the early window looks good. Oklahoma plays Iowa State. Will McDonald, really a pass rush specialist. If you want one of those in Green Bay, take a look at him. He'll be going against Anton Harrison, another guy who could crack the first round as a tackle. Perfect. That window's really good uh, for a lot of players to watch for. So you can do that. Uh, if you're really on the quarterback train, I'll go a little later, 6 p.m. Central Time ESPN. Will Levis and Hendon Hooker playing against each other. Kentucky, Tennessee. What more could you ask for? You know, if you want to look at those, oh, after Stroud and Young, what does the quarterback class look like? If you want to look for yourself, evaluate the guys. There they are. Uh, Anthony Richardson plays at 2.30 against 2.30 Central again against Georgia on CBS. Good little evaluation game against a tough defense. Could give you guys a look at Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, who I think is better is a better prospect than both Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt. I think that'd be a good chance to look at him. Look at Jervon Dexter, defensive tackle from Florida, another really strong player there. Good look at Chris Smith and Tyke Smith, both safeties uh, from Georgia. Good look at both of those safeties. Uh, Trey Dean, does he play safety? I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting if Trey Dean's a corner or a safety. I want to say he's a corner, and it's looking that way because I can't find him. Uh, but he plays – oh, Trey Dean, Florida safety. That's what I see here. Uh, and that's what's on the Rise and Draft database. So another safety to potentially look at, you know, if you're thinking, you know, you want to look at safeties. That's definitely worth um, 
paying attention to as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's where else can I go for games? Just trying to think here for you guys. Uh man, there's there's so many games. There's just there's so many to look at. Oh, got it. Uh, Illinois plays Nebraska at two thirty. Uh, not to be an Illinois homer here necessarily. Um, you can ask others around if you're if you like. Oh. Do they really actually have prospects worth looking at? They do. Uh, you want to get a look at, you know, five fifth-year senior safeties? Maybe not. But if you want to look at a junior defensive tackle and Jerzon Newton, number four, I would take a look at him for sure. Uh, really talented player as well. Uh, that'll be, again, a, a very interesting window. If you want to watch Georgia-Florida, same window. You know, you feel pretty good about that. Uh, later, uh, you want to look at, maybe you want to look at Antonio Johnson. Maybe you look at look at Damani Richardson, Texas A&M plays Ole Miss, 630 Central SEC Network, a good spot to watch those guys. So a lot of prospects you can take a look at. And if you have questions, you can always find me on Twitter at Jake NFL draft, or you can go on the Packernet Facebook page and just ask who should I be watching this weekend in game X. And I'll give you some guys. Uh, at the positions the Packers may need. So plenty of guys worth watching. Oh, yeah, Michael Mayer, obviously, from Notre Dame, plays at 11, too. If you want to watch him, good opportunity to do so as well, uh, if you want to watch some tight ends. Unfortunately, you know, as I'm recording this, Utah-Washington State had finished up. Dalton Kincaid, I believe he caught a touchdown. I don't think he had a, anywhere near as big a game as he did last week. Uh, but... He is a very talented player, and if you you caught that game tonight and you saw him, yeah, he he looks the part for sure. But yeah, that's gonna do it. Uh, wanted to mostly focus on the questions this week. That's why the Packer uh, prospect for Packers was a little bit kind of hectic and rushed there at the end. But hope you guys enjoy this episode, and hopefully, you know, the Packers can kind of get back on track, so we don't have to keep talking about the draft so early for you guys. But still, stay tuned in here because I think uh, maybe for the first November show, I'll kind of. Maybe go through a big board update of sorts of, of where I've kind of got some of these guys ranked. I'm going to go through a lot more um, some of the film on these guys, especially the receivers, just because that's my favorite position. Get some charting done on some of these guys. So, you know, if you want to find that, uh, if you go to my Twitter account at uh, Jake NFL Draft, you can find my Substack, which I'll post that some of that on, uh, and you can find YouTube, which I'm going to start posting some videos on prospects very very soon. But I will get out of here. Hope you guys enjoy your Friday and your weekend of football. And of course, go pack, go. Let's beat the Bills. I'll see you guys next time.